see, this is the new spaces that I look at. You look at data protection and failures <laughs> and backups. I look at the privacy news now. You could restore it Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restored All podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup, and I have with me my vicarious vinyl flooring expert, <laughs> Prasada Maliandi. How's it going, Prasada? I'm good, Curtis. I'm good. It's You would think that installing flooring would be, oh, you just throw some flooring down like pieces of wood on the ground, and it's not that simple at all. <laughs> it is not at all. I pretty much decided that we're going to go with, you know, what they call LVT luxury vinyl tile. Uh, it's the stuff that it looks like wood, but mm -hmm. it's not wood. It really come a long way since, you know, the old days of vinyl flooring, right? The yeah. sheet, the sheet vinyl flooring. It really doesn't look like vinyl flooring. It looks like you've got wood flooring and uh it's it's easy to install it's super durable you know, comparatively speaking super yeah. durable um you know stain resistant all the things way easier and way less expensive than <laughs> like putting in wood flooring like well, actual and especially wood now with the pandemic right and supply i can't even imagine yeah. i can't even imagine what actual wood flooring would cost <laughs> yeah i know you and i were chatting about this the other day it was like a sheet of plywood like three quarter inch finish, right? And you're like, oh yeah, it's like eighty dollars now. And before yeah. the pandemic, it was you, probably, yeah, like $20. yeah, because there's this other project that I have that's like related to this. But I, I had to, I bought a new combination miter saw, super awesome. The the miter saw I had was like super basic, so I decided to buy a nice miter saw. But I have a custom built miter saw table that no longer <laughs> fit the new miter saw. So I had to take it all apart and put it all back together. Uh, really, all I had to do was rotate the middle. It just, it actually worked out. It could have been a lot, but, and you were like, well, why don't you just make another one? I'm like, do you have any idea how much plywood costs these days? Okay, so the <laughs> the plywood that I used to build this thing uh, is $91 a sheet right now. <laughs> and how much did you pay for it? A lot less than that. I don't remember. Definitely not $91. Definitely not $91. Well, so now you bought your tool and you the cost of wood is high, right? You yeah. bought your tool, so you're ready to get started on your project, but you haven't started yet because you've been doing research. Yeah. I, well, the thing is, it's really, it, even even though it's less expensive than the other options, it's still really expensive, yeah. right? Um, even if you're doing it yourself, when you have, you know, I, the, the house I have is large enough that we're in the many thousands of dollars in terms of buying, just buying the flooring. And that's super expensive. And it's yeah. something, and it's, uh, I, you know, I have a history of jumping headfirst into big projects and not really, always being really? 100%. And so given the size of this project, my wife sensibly is sensibly going slow. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
You know, it, it's so funny that the listeners to the podcast, they get like a real like open book, you know, into what's going on in you and you're in my lives. Probably more <laughs> me. I think I throw out more crap going on than, than you do. But, I'm very um, simple. Yeah, you're. Yeah, you don't. But have. it's not true. I watch a lot of YouTube videos and impart my YouTube knowledge. Yeah. So list. you're you're like I said, this, you're you're a vicarious <laughs> participant in my various projects. But, but speaking of that, like this this idea of like being an open book, not everybody wants to be an open book. No, <laughs> not, not everybody no. wants their business out there. It, it made me think about this upcoming. So coming up on 28 January. We have Data Privacy Day. So uh, according to this, the purpose of Data Privacy Day is to raise awareness and promote privacy and data protection best practices. It's currently observed in the U.S., Canada, Israel, and 47 European countries. That's and pretty awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Right? Yeah. You know, we have, we have World Backup Day, yeah. right, which comes in, in April. I'm sorry, it comes in March. You, you you know what day World Backup Day is, right? It's the day before April Fool's Day. Yeah, it's the day before April <laughs> Fool's. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but this is Data Privacy Day, and I thought we, you know, you and I would take the opportunity to talk about privacy. I know it's something that you've been focusing mm-hmm. on a lot lately. Yeah, you know, it's part of my new role at uh, Zoom, and. I guess as our usual disclaimer, Curtis and I both work for different companies. I work for Zoom. Curtis works for Druva. The podcast you hear is not sponsored by either company, and the opinions you hear are our own. Nice. You okay? I've never, I've never had you do the, the disclaimer before. Good job. Um, and also, be sure to rate us at ratethispodcast.com slash restore and also, if you're interested in the topics that we're interested, in, you you know if you're if you listen to this podcast, you know the kind of things we talk about. We'd love to have you on as a guest. Uh, doesn't matter if you're a practitioner, a manager, or someone who works for a vendor. We're happy with all of that. Happy to um, have you on as a podcast guest. So yeah, so just going back to privacy, right? Yeah, so this is a space that I've been working in. For the last, wow, I can't believe it's been six months since I joined. Uh, six Zoom. months? Yeah, it's been more than six months. It's crazy. Time flies. But it's amazing looking at privacy. I've learned a lot from a lot of our lawyers, other product managers, and other folks in terms of what's required for privacy. And honestly, to tell you the, or sorry, to tell you the truth, it is a difficult subject. It's not really <laughs> black and white. Right. There are a lot of parts where it's like, it depends on the purpose and the context and what you're going to do with the data. It's not like, oh, yeah, this is always used this way. Right. Now, it's good seeing how many companies are trying to right, focus on privacy because that's what regulators are asking for. That's what consumers are asking for. That's what enterprises are asking for on behalf of their customers. Right. So everyone's focused on privacy, but privacy means different things to different people, right? And so it all depends on what you're looking for, right? And who you're talking to. Like a person talking about privacy in the US is probably very different than a consumer in the EU talking about privacy. Very different, very different. Um, And and let's talk about that because, uh, you know, while, while the GDPR is not perfect by any means, I like its core concepts, yeah. right? The, the, the first core concept 
I would say that we don't really have, I don't think here in, in the U S is that your personal information, which, you know, let's define that, that this is way more than what, and typically in the U S we talk about PII, which is like name, social security number and address. Would you think? Yeah. Would be PII. Yep. Birth date, birth date. Um, not there's like a of personal data, which is really other right. aspects that could uniquely identify a person or a person's device. Right. Right. And then, and then connected to that, all of the things connected to that personal data, right? Yep. How many rolls of toilet paper you mm-hmm. bought in, you know, 2021. Yeah. Um, and I think the... that's what people misunderstand is, yeah, it's P- personal data is a superset of, right. Per, uh, PII, right? And PII is honestly just a really, really, really tiny piece of that right. large umbrella. Right. Uh, and so, so, so let's talk about that. So, so it's it includes, you know, obviously your address, your name, IP addresses. Yep. Uh, what other kinds of things do they be, consider personal? What's that? It could even include things like any. So it comes down to anything that can uniquely identify you or a device right. you're using, right? So it could be MAC address, right? It could be if you MAC have address. a if you have a cookie, right, on a device that could uniquely identify that device and tie it to you, right? That is also personal data. Um, yeah, there's just a whole bunch of things, and then there's also information which is um, considered protected data as or sensitive data in terms of GDPR. Right. And this includes things like your ethnicity, right? Your, I believe it's your sexual orientation, any healthcare information, right? Biometric information, other pieces of data as well. Yeah. That, because with that information, you could do even more damage. Yep. Right. And you can uniquely identify a person, right? That's really what it boils right. down to is can you take a piece of data and identify the person based on that data? Right. And, in California with CCPA, the California Consumer Privacy Act, I believe, it, it extended that to households, which is yep. an interesting concept, right? Yep. But it's it's so much more than what we think of typically in the in the US of private, you know, of, of PII, yep. right? And what the, the core concept of the GDPR is that all of that information is yours and yours alone, and only you can give permission for someone to access that data and store that data and use that data for yep. some purpose. Yep. And this which, is why, go ahead. Which requires that the company should be able to tell you what data are they collecting about you, how they're using it, right? Right. What like what purposes are they using it, and give you visibility into that data which they're collecting about you. And I remember one of the other big things was, for example, when you purchase a new product, a very common thing, especially in the U.S., is you have this checkbox at the end that says, and and I'd like you to subscribe me yep. to your mailing list to keep me updated on your product. And it required them to have that box unchecked by default. By default. Yep. So, so this is funny that you bring this up. So I don't know if you follow the latest news, but Verizon just announced a feature it feature in December uh-huh. where basically um, they're collecting your data and using like the websites you browse, how you're using, like if you're, on, you're using a cell phone, right? Where you're browsing, what apps you're using, all the rest. And they use that for their own marketing and advertising purposes. 
in order to be able to customize it for you, right? Based on yeah. what you're browsing. Just like over. Google does, yeah. right? But Facebook, all that. But what's different, though, is Verizon is forcing you to opt in unless you explicitly opt out of this. And most people don't even know this exists. Wait, wait you what, you mean Verizon is opting you in unless yeah. you opt out? Yep. Yeah, they're not requiring you to opt in. They are, yeah. they they're, are opting you in. They're forcing you, in. you to opt in. Right. And um, they don't really tell you they're doing this. So there's a big splash going on on the internet about this where yeah. they're like, I can't believe that. Like most people don't even know. They're like, oh yeah, I'm a Verizon customer. I didn't realize that's what it's doing. And you right. only have until the end of January to opt out. Otherwise, you're stuck. Or you're stuck until you opt out again, right? It's oh, okay. the default takes effect in January 31st. Interesting, um, right? Yeah, which, which is... if you think about the GDPR, right, it'd be like that would never fly. No, that would never fly with the GDPR, right? Um, right. The and then the other thing. It's I weird heard. that I haven't heard anything about this. Yeah. See, this is the new spaces that I look at. You look at data protection and failures and backups. <laughs> I look at the privacy news now, right? right. The, the other thing that I also wanted to bring up is, I don't know if you're aware of a new iOS feature uh, with iCloud, which is, I think, called iCloud Private Relay. Mm -hmm. So it basically is almost like a VPN. So it uses iCloud to kind of obfuscate so your mobile carrier and other people don't see what you're browsing and all the rest, Right. What, is that the feature that because I, I heard I heard that there was some new feature that iOS had announced that vendors aren't happy about. Yep, and so the other news is that a lot of mobile carriers aren't happy about this either, including T-Mobile, Sprint, and others, because they no longer get to see what websites you're browsing. They no longer get to see what you're doing, and a lot of these companies, even though they provide a service, they're sucking up so much data about you and your patterns, and they're using right. that for advertising, for marketing, selling it to other people, all the rest of this. Interesting. And, what, and with the iOS feature, do you need to opt into that? I believe you have to opt in. What is it called? I think it's part of iCloud. I want to say it's called iCloud. Let me see. It's called iCloud Private Relay. Let me just... Um... I'm pull out just out of curiosity here. Private relay. It is under. It is under iCloud, just like you said. Um, and it's used for protecting, like what you browse on Safari. Oh, it's available oh, it's... on Mac OS Monterey, iOS 15 as well, and iPad OS 15. This is interesting. Um, they're saying IP address. One of the choices is IP address location settings. Um, you can keep using your general IP address location so the websites can provide local content in Safari. Yeah. So it'll know that I'm in San Diego, yeah. but it won't know that I'm. Or you can imagine the case where maybe some content is IP or geo restricted. And so sometimes if you go through a VPN, you get bounced around and then they sort of block you. <laughs> hmm. Cool feature, though. I know, right? From, uh, it's essentially VPN-ish, Yeah, right? it's VPN-ish for Safari, right? So it only works right now with Safari. But it, ah. but it at least protects you. Now, I can see them integrating with other, like having other apps integrate with this functionality to protect their traffic. Hmm. 
and then and then the question I would have is, um, so is Appleton storing all the information? <laughs> That's always a challenge with VPN providers, right? Or the equivalent of VPN providers, right? It's like, are they logging any information? Who has access to those logs? All the rest of that. Now, normally I would say I trust Apple more than a random third-party mm-hmm. company. But after their CSAM photo scanning debacle that happened last year, yeah, it's a little difficult to unequivocally say I trust Apple with everything. We talked about that on the podcast. That we did. It was... uh, Sorry, let me just find that. Uh, Episode 121, are Apple and Amazon violating your privacy and does CCPA work? But here's my question, Curtis, going back to what you're talking about is how do Uh you ensure that your privacy is enabled or uh, guaranteed, right? That they're not logging anything. It's almost like when we talk about backups, right? It's like, yeah, back it up, but do a recovery to make sure it works, right? How do you actually make sure that, yes, they're doing what they say they're doing and um, ensuring your privacy or to what degree are they ensuring your privacy? There is a flip side, though, right, that a lot of people don't or don't realize when you start focusing on privacy, right? And if you don't want these companies to collect your data, right? Just imagine, right? I'm sure your YouTube watch history, Curtis, right? Right. It's very customized for what you've been doing and what you've been watching, right? How would you like to be able to go and be like, oh, now you're just seeing like general feeds show up, right? And you have to always search. Or if you're on Facebook, right? Or Meta now, right? And you're starting to see your feeds, right? If it's just a general feed, it's not very useful for you, right? It's, it's kind of the flip side of privacy. And I think a lot of people take that for granted that right. they're able to get all drilled down quickly into content that's relevant for them only because these companies understand about the user. And so I right. think that's where there's kind of a thin line that you have to walk as a company. Right. No, I, I do. I, yeah, I understand. I, I just think that Again, going back to the GDPR and also CCPA, and I know there are dozens of other uh, regulations around the world, that it should be my decision, number one. It shouldn't just happen. And there shouldn't be... I, I should be aware. Now, so tra- I'm it should gonna, be transparency. I'm say, you want transparency. So, yeah, I want transparency. I, I, I'm going to say something, and then I'm going to totally uh, <laughs> dial it back. It, it should be my decision. If 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 I'm going to sign up for something like Facebook and they're going to use my activity in Facebook to figure out exactly what I'm up to and then target um, ads directly to me, the, the, I think the, the most insidious example is the, if you talk about anything around your phone and then you get targeted with ads for that thing. So creepy. Right. So, so that should be my decision. And, and I'm amused when it happens, by the way, I, it's really funny. Like, um, I've actually done tests where I've said, where I've talked about a random thing that isn't part of my usual daily, usual stuff, you know? Yep. Uh, and then you start getting ads for it and you're like, Oh my God, let's say chainsaws. You know, (laughs) I start talking about chainsaws and then suddenly all of a sudden I'm seeing ads for chainsaws. And although, you know, 
who wouldn't like a good chainsaw? That, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> no, it's funny that you bring that up. Yeah, my wife the other day, she was browsing for picture frames and all of a sudden like YouTube starts showing me like ads for picture frames and videos. I'm yeah. like, no, this is not what I want. And I think that's also the challenge, right? It's sometimes these companies try not to be too specific. But at the same time, if they're not targeting like specific individual, like I wouldn't have expected to see the ad for picture frames. You really? Well, if my wife was searching and browsing for you, you, me personally, I wouldn't expect to see ads in my feeds or in my personalized. And did you? Yeah, I did. YouTube started playing me ads around picture frames. Oh, I thought you were saying you're. Your wife got it. No, I started getting it. And like I've searched for like men's shoes before my wife did you, started getting ads. Did you ads. talk about it? You know, like did you talk about the topic around your phone? I always have my phone on me. But I think like the phone tells you if you are actively looking at or if the mic's on, right? Yeah. And do you so- turn the mic off? No, like I, I've never seen the mic no, uh, notification on during these conversations. Oh, okay. Hmm. Right, but these are the sort of creepy things, and then it's like, what are they doing, right? And I think that makes consumers uncomfortable. <laughs> so, so, so now I'm gonna, so now I'm gonna walk back. Uh, the moment CCPA went live, the only thing that changed in my life was. I had to click accept on every freaking website I went to. And it's so annoying. Right. Um, because because you, you have to make that decision of, you know, do you want to allow us to track your information? And, and honestly, the opting out is so complicated and weird that, that I, that I'm thinking that the average consumer is just not going to do it. Oh yeah. No, if you, look at a lot of these pages, right? It's like, ideally, they're supposed to tell you, here are the essential cookies, if you will, the things we need to be able to track because we have to do our job. And then here are the optional ones that you can opt out of, right? Right. But like you said, most people are just like, accept, it's easier, accept, it's easier. Because otherwise, you have to click on manage cookie settings and open something. You got to figure out what it says. And then you have to select. And then you have to say, okay, confirm. And the average Joe or Jane is not going to know what all that stuff means. Yep. Um, so the, the key, uh, you know, I'm glad that for a company like zoom, I'm glad that they have, I mean, you're, you're one of, I'm assuming many people that are dedicated to privacy at a company like zoom. Yes. And, yes. and any company of zoom size is going to, I'm going to hope <laughs> <laughs> as a similar situation, right? Yeah. I think a lot of companies have to be focused on privacy. Even honestly, even if you are a small company, you should be focused on privacy because consumers are going to expect this. Um, large companies, if you're selling to enterprises are going to expect this because their end customers, their end users need to do it. So if you're selling a SaaS service or whatever else it is, you have to make sure you have privacy built in that you understand how you're, what data you're gathering, where it might be shared with, like maybe you're using other third-party services, right? Where is that data going and what data is actually going to those services, right? All of that needs to be understood as you're talking to these other like customers because they expect that. And 
so then let's talk about the data protection aspect of it. If you are a company that stores personal information, and let's face it, Everyone every does. company stores <laughs> every company stores personal information, you have a duty to protect that information. Yep. Right. You have to make sure um, that it's not accessed by people who shouldn't be accessing personal data. Right. You need to make sure it's securely stored. Right. So you have to make sure it's encrypted at rest. Um, you need to make sure that, um, yeah, you have a, you have to, um, you have to make sure that you're able to, you have to prove that you're, that you've done the steps needed in order to secure that data, because that's like valuable for consumers, right? That's what the regulations right. are saying. Right. And, and, and protect, it, it, there's two, there's two aspects to that. One is protect it from unauthorized access. And then the other is protect it from deletion. Right. Um, and the, um, or uh, allow deletions, depending on what the, or allow deletions, right? Depending right, on what the situation right. is, but we'll get to that in a minute. Supposed to supposed to keep yeah. supposed to keep what you're supposed to keep and not not keep where you're not supposed to keep. I do think about the what I'm gonna I'm gonna hold up as a the the classic nightmare case because. Here, here's an example of something that could happen. Google publishes everything that I've Googled in the last year, right? Mm -hmm. There's going to be some weird crap on there, right? But it's not like the end of the world. Yeah. But on the opposite end of that, there was this website. Well, it's still there. I, amazingly, it's still there. Do you remember Ashley Madison? Mm-hmm. So here was a website that was specifically designed for cheating, right? This was designed, you know, we, we are a website. We know you're married. We know you want to cheat on your spouse. We want to help. <laughs> right. Yep. Um, and th there, there were a couple of aspects here. One is that basically they got hacked and that duty to preserve duty to protect was completely pierced. And yep. so all of their customers got put out into a dump. Yep. And you could, you know, all their personal details it. were available. Exactly. All their personal details. And and the first very important personal detail when your name is in this database is you're trying to cheat on your wife. Yep. yep. <laughs> right. And so there were uh, there were a number of like suicides and hmm. stuff that happened as a result of that, that breach. The, um, there was, um, darn it. I, I was going somewhere with that. Um, and, and I think it, it was like, did they not secure, like, I don't remember the exact details. Did they not secure the database that contained all of that well, data not or... enough i you know i don't know what i don't remember exactly the details of how the the hackers got the data but they got it yeah and that stuff was published and put out there and that to me that's that's the uh what, what's the word i'm trying to think of the the epitome of <laughs> um yeah you know of that the um because this is this is the 
the most embarrassing piece of personal information, you know, and there's things like nude photos and things like that, that would also be quite difficult. Um, but in the end, what it is, is that most people are, most people are generally private people and they don't want, even if they're not doing anything untoward or if they're not doing anything illegal, they don't necessarily want the entire world to know what their Netflix watching history is or their Amazon purchase history. But, but, you know, I, but I disagree with that, Curtis, because if they did, they would have gone through and cleared data. They would have gone through like, yes, I agree that they wouldn't. It's, do you remember Venmo? Right. Or Venmo still exists as a company, right? Yeah. But yeah. remember, they used to have an API that allowed anyone to query to see where what all purchases you were doing. Do you yeah, remember this? It's, well, it's still there, right? Yeah. You just, you just, yeah. Right. And so people didn't realize that that functionality even existed. They weren't aware when they were using the platform that that's the capability that Venmo gives you. Right. And it could have easily been misused or it was misused by people to see how people were spending and where they were sending money. Right. And I think people, most people will use technology or use a product because it's easy to use. It solves a problem. They don't necessarily worry about all of these implications until something happens or until someone raises an issue. Right. And yeah. And, well, and so going back to your Netflix, right? I don't. I don't think that's an argument, though. Yeah. Like, I mean, you're saying you're saying if they really were concerned about it, they would do it. And and I guess no, I'm saying that doesn't mean they they want it to happen or they're okay with no, it no, to no, happen. No, no, no. Not that the breach will happen, but that they're okay giving their personal information or that a company might be creating or using their personal data. They may not. They might be okay with that, but they don't think about the fact that there might be a breach, that there might be other ways that this data could be misused, that they're not thinking like two steps ahead. <laughs> no, they're not. And and like, I'm not aware, for example, of a setting in Netflix that says don't track. Yeah. And not to mention, I can't imagine how different my Netflix experience would, would be. be. Yep. If, um, if you turn that off, right? Because all the recommendations, yeah. everything is based on your watch history. You know, it's it's funny that that we bring this up because um, does your watch I, history I, get corrupted when other people? No, 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 no. <laughs> no I, um, I, I think it's uh, oh, it's a Showtime. So I, 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 I'm a fan of a couple of shows on Showtime, and the Showtime app, it's the dumbest app. <laughs> Because it never remembers where I am. It just it just wants to show me the most recent episode. For example, if I've started a new, yeah. if show. I'm binging a show, uh, like I'm watching right now, I'm watching uh, Dexter New Blood, which is the mm -hmm. reboot. The new, it's yeah. not a reboot. It's a, it's a sequel of the original Dexter series. And uh, it's always wanting to show me the latest, you know, the latest. And it's like, can't you just keep, and what's weird is it, it it knows like if you pull it up it'll show oh yeah. i'm 38 minutes into this episode or whatever so it knows so yeah. why is it i don't know anyway so going back to the netflix thing i can't imagine how weird my netflix experience would be yeah. if it didn't know what i yeah. what i had watched and honestly that's like netflix's differentiation right versus like anything else really right 
it's like, hey, we are really going to customize because and I don't know if you've seen the new feature. It's um, there's something on Netflix, which is like, just play something. Because even with all the recommendations, even with everything else, yeah. sometimes you're still scanning and you're like, oh, what do I want to watch? Right. And Netflix yeah. realizes that, that just play. Does it bring in your do you think it brings in your like watching preferences and stuff? Yeah, I think so. It's like play something. And I think it's based on your browsing history and your watch mm. history. Hmm. Right. Because they realize even with all the <laughs> recommendations they give you, it's too much information. Sometimes you just want to. Make just it simple. Some. Just pick yeah. for me. Yeah. <laughs> Which was nice about live TV or broadcast TV, right? It's like you get to watch what is shown. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I just can't imagine going back to those days, right? So and the final aspect, of course, you know, is that you you have the, you know, we talked, we've spent a lot of time talking about the fact that they have the right to, you know, they have the duty to protect the data. It's your data in the first place. And then connected to all of those rights is that you have the right to to ask the data that they have on you and you have the right to have that data deleted. Mm-hmm. And I know that even though it's a GDP, it, this whole thing came from the GDPR. So thank you, GDPR, mm-hmm. because so many other countries, including ours, yep. you well, not just not that, adopting, but, but they're using that as a baseline. They're using that, right? Yeah. So, for example, you can now go in and download all your Facebook stuff. Yep, you can get a you know you can Take get out. an image yep. of everything you've posted and whatnot on on or Google. Yeah, all of that stuff, yep. because they're like, yeah, we don't know. You know, we're not going to go through. They're just, they're just going to they're just going to give code it. To you. it. You, yeah, and then give it to you, right? But I think um, there is one one misconception. I think there is one misconception that a lot of people have, which is, yes, personal data is yours and you can ask for it to be deleted. But there are cases that a company can refuse to delete your personal data. I know we've talked about this in the past, yes, Curtis, but if it's used for, say, a billing purpose or if there's other right. regulations that require them to keep that data, right, then they don't have to delete that data about you. Right. Uh, another, you can't, you can't, for example, <laughs> I know it sounds so obvious, but you can't ask the uh, local police department to delete your arrest record, right? <laughs> yeah. that, they're not going to do that for you, right? I, I was just reading another article today or yesterday about how in, I think it's the UK, they had something like five petabytes worth of records about people who like data they had collected from like calls and other information mm-hmm. about people that they had stored, but there were no crimes filed against those, but they just had all this data. And I think one of the UK regulatory bodies came back and was like, you guys have to delete that data because you have no reason, no legal basis to keep all that data around. So just going back to police records, right? So arrest right. records. Yeah. They could probably keep data, which is no longer used, but they're just kind of keeping it around for, who knows what? Yeah, not so much. So I guess the you know the the summary statement is you know if you're if you're a company of any size and you don't have someone like Persona that's dedicated or a team of people dedicated to making sure that privacy is done by design and by default, uh, you know even though in in the U.S. we don't have a lot of these regulations, we do still have a bunch of people that can really mess with your life from yeah. a company perspective when it comes out the kind of data that you're essentially stealing and then misusing. Yeah. And 
The other thing also is even if you're a company only selling in the U.S., at some point, if you ever want to sell internationally, you're going to have to deal with this. Right. Yeah. So better deal with it up front, design it up front, think about it up front, build it into the engineering culture and the development process and even the product process. Right. When you're defining requirements, think about privacy because it's much easier to do up front rather than after the product's been shipped and out the door for 10, how many, who knows how many years. And then you try to retrofit it all in. If you're an engineer, think about privacy. What data are you creating? Where is it going? If you're a product person creating requirements, think about how do I deal with these regulations and these requirements coming. If you're a salesperson, right, understand what not only where the customer is located, but where the customer might be selling into, right, because they might have to meet the requirements that their end users are looking for. And you should be able to drive that back through the company as well. And then also talk to your legal person, because even if you're a small company and you don't have a persona (laughs) at your company, right, talk to your legal department because they're probably thinking about how to deal with privacy absolutely so happy data privacy day happy data privacy day Curtis. (laughs) (laughs) and uh happy data privacy day to all the listeners and remember to subscribe so that you can restore it all system isn't worth a spit finally i needed your backup you had a chance to fix it instead it's all jacked up see how i'll write on facebook about you don't underestimate the things that i will do there was a file but i deleted it too bad your backup system isn't worth a spit Just 
for once it'll be completely done maybe 